Welcome to the second series in the Wallace Foundation's Principal Pipeline podcast. I'm Lucas Held, Director of Communications at the Wallace Foundation. And we've added this second series of podcasts in order to discuss major new findings from a study of the Foundation's six-year Principal Pipeline Initiative. The multi-year implementation and effects study in the pipeline was conducted jointly by Policy Studies Associates and the RAND Corporation. And importantly, the evidence from this study of pipelines is strong enough to make pipelines eligible for federal funding under the Every Student Succeeds Act. Now, when we talk about a principal pipeline, we mean a comprehensive district-led effort to put into place four interlocking components, rigorous leader standards, high-quality pre-service principal preparation, data-informed hiring and placement, and well-aligned on-the-job support and evaluation, especially for new principals. Those four components can also be accompanied by system supports to help make pipelines work, and those include leader tracking systems and new roles for principal supervisors. Now, in prior episodes, we discussed the impact pipelines have on student achievement and principal retention, as well as how impact was measured and how pipelines are carried out. So today, we're turning to the question, how was it that RAND actually was able to reliably measure across more than 1,000 pipeline schools whether principal pipelines delivered benefits for student achievement and principal retention? So let me give a warm welcome to my two guests. Susan Gates is a senior economist with the RAND Corporation and co-principal investigator of this final groundbreaking report. And Ty Wilde is a senior research officer at the Wallace Foundation and worked closely with the researchers on the pipeline study. Thank you both so much for making the time to talk with us today. So Susan, let's start out with a basic question. Why is it important to have reliable research on student outcomes in education? Well, most districts embark upon initiatives and undertake activities with the ultimate aim of educating students. Um, and so when there's uh, new activities that are undertaken, there's a new initiative, it's natural to try to understand whether that effort benefited student achievement. Because if at the end of the day it didn't, then um, it probably doesn't matter all that much. So re research is pretty integral to district decision making uh, about what interventions to pursue. There are many districts that uh, seek out evidence-based initiatives. Um, there are certain um, funding sources that require districts and states to uh, use evidence-based practices. And any well-intentioned leader is likely to seek out um, interventions that have a research basis for them. So I, I think you've outlined two complementary uh, reasons for districts to pursue evidence. One is they want to uh, undertake things that will help students. And increasingly, we are in a policy environment that prioritizes um, research evidence. So uh, it, it, it's possible to meet both of these goals with the kind of study uh, that, that you led on, on principal pipelines. 
Um, so, Ty, let's let 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 let's turn to you. And you worked closely with Rand uh, on the design of the study. Well, tell us a little bit about the challenges of figuring out across 1,100 schools whether a leadership intervention would actually produce benefits. Oh, that's a great question, Lucas. Um, I think that. There were a number of challenges um, in identifying kind of the most reliable and um, feasible research strategy for measuring the impacts of the pipeline on student achievement. I think one of the challenges was that you really weren't in a situation where you could do uh, kind of, I, I, you know, most people actually don't like the expression the gold standard, but you really weren't in a position where a randomized control trial was going to be feasible um, because you can't randomly assign principals uh, within a school district, which is kind of what you would do if you were doing a, an RCT or a randomized control trial. So what you needed to do was think about um, are there ways where you could measure the impact of this initiative um, which had both a district-wide component and a component specific to individual schools in the absence of that randomized control trial. And I think the key insight that the RAND team had was that they would identify uh, comparisons, comparison schools outside of each individual pipeline district within the same state that could be matched to the individual schools in the pipeline district and then measure and the change in outcomes for each of these schools could be measured over time and compared. And this, um, the, the benefits of this strategy were, were that it was, uh, it's compelling and, uh, and reliable um, and it was actually, it itself was feasible. It's not just the study, that the initiative was feasible, but, um, but they were able to access data from schools across each of the states in which these pipelines um, were located in order to construct the comparisons and measure changes over time. So uh, Susan Tai uh, mentioned that it would be difficult to do a randomized uh, trial in, in, in this environment. So um, t t tell us a little bit about the, uh, what the quasi-experimental uh, design uh, and how this, how this worked. But ma ma maybe we, you could just say a word about why uh, it wasn't enough at the most basic level to just measure whether schools got better. So that might seem to some an obvious uh, solution. Let's just track test scores across 1,100 schools. Why, why wasn't that enough? Well, the, so there are a number of reasons why just tracking whether scores got better in schools that got new principals would not be the best approach. Um, prior research has shown that schools that, that get a new principal tend to have been experiencing declines in student achievement prior to the placement of that new principal. And th those declines tend to continue um, for a year or two, even when, when an effective principal is placed. So just looking at the simple trajectories of achievement might actually send a misleading message about the effect of, of an initiative like the pipeline initiative. Um, so we knew that we wanted to be able to compare 
um, schools that get a new principal with other schools that get a new principal. But we wanted those other schools to be schools that hadn't been exposed to this pipeline initiative. Now remember, the, the pipeline initiative really was conceived as a district-wide intervention. The initiative was asking districts to think strategically about the full range of activities that they undertake to uh, prepare, select, and support and evaluate principles. So when we thought about what that basis of comparison might be, well, it couldn't be other schools that got newly placed principals in, in those pipeline districts. Um, so we really had to look outside of the districts to similar schools in the same state. Fortunately, each of the states um, in which the pipeline districts were located have statewide databases that would allow us to not only identify schools that had received a newly placed principal, but then also track their outcomes over time. So that's what we did. And so this uh, comparison with schools in the same um, states was the sort of way out of this conundrum. Um, what, what makes you confident that the benefits found were due to uh, the pipeline and other, another, not other factors? And there was a question that came up, for example, well, if, if the intervention was really new principles, um, why would you have effects in schools that didn't have new principles? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, in social science research, when we're not able to do a random control trial, there is no certainty. And so we did um, a lot of different sensitivity checks to test um, whether there were effects under, you know, different sets of assumptions and scenarios. Um, our sensitivity checks all confirmed the, the approach that we took. Um, but at the end of the day, as you mentioned, Lucas, we, we did find that there were effects um, also for schools that did not receive a newly placed principal. In some sense, that was not terribly surprising to us um, because, you know, as I mentioned previously, the initiative was conceived as a district-wide effort to improve the full range of activities that districts undertake, not only to prepare people for the principalship, but to support them once they are in the principalship and to effectively select them. Um, it, it's also worth thinking about the fact that as districts improved their pool of candidates and became better at selecting people for the principalship, they might also have transitioned people who were currently in the principalship out based on the results of evaluation. So it wouldn't be surprising that they would be moving people out of the principalship earlier and, and replacing them, thereby um, effectively improving the overall uh, performance of schools that still had veteran principals. So it's, it really is a spillover scenario that, all, you know, although the initiative seems to be focused on new principals, really it kind of permeates. As the you district. described that, Susan, it's really beginning to sound like a kind of human capital 
uh, development strategy, which in fact would would one would expect to see in a human capital strategy. So let 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 me close uh, with a question for, for for both of you, which is, as as you step back and think about this, what has this study really added? How has it advanced our understanding of district-wide, uh, of the possibility of a district-wide intervention? Well, I, I almost um, push back on the terminology of a district-wide intervention because really what this initiative asked districts to do was to just do a good job at things that they are already doing or should be doing. So, so in that sense, it, it's not an add-on. It's not an initiative. It's not a shiny new thing. It's really taking a step back and saying it is a core district function to ensure that every school has an effective principal. And so the initiative was really just asking the districts to pursue a set of strategies to do that well. And if I could just briefly, um, I'll share what I shared with uh, a group of my neighbors this morning as I was coming in on the train, which is my reaction, taking a step back, not as an economist, but just as a person. Um, Oh my goodness, this is something that impacted student achievement and was the impacts were positive and statistically significant and meaningful, and there were impacts for children in the lowest quartile. Oh my goodness. Well, I think you, you both of you have just offered uh, uh, the kind of uh, yin and yang of the educational uh, of an educational reform, which is on the one hand, uh, we're improving the processes that districts already do, and in the words of the immortal Alvin Wilbanks, do the right thing and do it right and tie. Uh, if uh, it's not helping student achievement, it probably is not the right thing. So let me uh, 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 give uh, our thanks to, to our two uh, guests, uh, uh, Ty Wilde and Susan Gates, and thank you, thank you for helping us uh, understand how this research was, uh, uh, was developed, uh, how it is uh, reliable, and uh, we look forward to uh, uh, reading it and learning more. Thank you. Thank you.